Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 145 of the Catfish on Ice podcast. And uh, joining me here tonight is uh, the our own personal Florida man, Chad Mitten. Oh, gosh, you're giving me that? The Florida <laughs> man. That's, that's what I am now? But we still love you, but you are now the Florida man. Um, Florida man. Technically, I am. And also joining me from the By God Commonwealth State, Mr. Rich Howe. Absolutely, sir. Uh, today we're brought to you by DraftKings, and we've got, as always, our promo code on there, uh, THPN. And also our new sponsor on the podcast, Raycon Headphones. Those are some dope headphones, and they're doing a giveaway right now. And I really hope none of y'all win because I want them myself, uh, mm-hmm. because I love music. Which also ties into our episode tonight because one of our topics is songs that make us feel old, oh. and it, it hurt me to look at these earlier. So maybe it'll hurt you too. Nineties songs, nineties songs, yeah, nineties songs, nineties songs that make because there's so many one-hit wonders in the nineties. So it's like that's the perfect era for songs you make, make you feel old. Oh my! Mine weren't one-hit wonders; they were foundational yeah. to my right. musical taste. There you go. Sure. <laughs> Fair. Um, Chad's also got a player that he really wants to talk about tonight. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Preds and their docu-series that they're getting on the NHL Network. So, salty. Yeah, everybody's a little salty about that. So why don't we go ahead and talk about that? Uh, you two seem to have read into it a little bit more than I have. So I'll let y'all go with it. We're talking about the docu-series Behind the Glass, which is going to be on – NHL Network, it premieres September 30th. It's going to be a four-part series. And can I just say, uh, can someone send me a bootleg copy of this? Because <laughs> they decided to they decided to conveniently have a Preds behind-the-scenes docu-series right when I cancel cable. I mean, <clears throat> thanks. Thanks for the heads-up on that one. Because um, I don't know how I'm going to be able to watch this. I mean, in the day of Netflix and Hulu and – you got the NFL on Amazon Prime tonight. You got all these different ways to stream sports now. And you've got to have cable if you want to watch behind the glass and you want to watch yep. the Predators training camp behind the scenes. It kind yep. of breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah. So I have, I still have a Spectrum, but I have streaming. And the NHL network is not available on streaming. You have to actually have, cable mm. like a cable box the whole nine yards very salty about this i was just yeah. talking talking to you guys a little bit earlier um like the nhl app like you can have on your tv tons of content on there from other uh other teams um i don't know why you know we're aching for some preds content and it's on something that some people can't even well see. and it Hey, it sounds like a really awesome series. They're going to be really behind the scenes on training camp, on the coaches interacting with these younger players who are going to be battling for roster spots possibly, which there are some spots that we've already talked about Mm -hmm. on this team that are going to be up for grabs, of course. And it's just going to be really fun. We know about all the personalities that are on this Predators team that we've come to love. Philip Forsberg is – a comedian in his own right, uh, seeing the captain Roman Yossi and the way he portrays himself. I mean, it's going to – UC Soros, of course. I mean, it's going to be tough not watching this. I'm going to have to figure out ways to watch clips 
Um, yeah, I'm salty about it too, Rich. I need yeah. I need NHL. Can I just purchase NHL Network for for this four part series? Is there like you a one time the one time fee? I'll pay it right now. You would think you'd be able to, but I, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. So very what about disappointed. You, Kyle, what are you thinking about it, man? I mean, how are we going to figure out a way to watch this, dude? You got to go to somebody's house for it? It's kind of ridiculous, but it's becoming the NHL's MO mm-hmm. of hiding everything behind certain restrictions and everything else to be able to watch anything. You've got all these new TV deals. Why not and put it up on one of the streamers? I mean, you, well, I mean you've yeah, got yeah. ESPN Plus. Why not just make yeah. ESPN Plus your home for all streaming content? It would be well, such an easy thing to feature exclusively on ESPN Plus and <laughs> You would actually probably add new subscribers in the Nashville market just for that series because mm-hmm. ESPN Plus is not an expensive uh, addition no. to your streaming no. um, streaming market here. I mean, it's like nine ninety nine a month, and I mean, I'm going to go down a whole another rabbit hole when it comes to how <laughs> this whole streaming thing's working because it's starting to come out to where it's just as much as cable because they Netflix is twenty two dollars now. Well, well, now they basically they they perfectly spread out all these different shows you want to watch across all these different streaming networks to the point where you got to buy all of them. You add them all together, and if you want to get your sports to go along with it, well, guess what? You're getting really you're getting close to being back to where cable's at. So, yeah, for sure. but that's a whole other rabbit hole. But, I will um, I will say for your for your money, the best package you can get is the ESPN Plus Disney Hulu package. When it's it like, works, well, ESPN Plus has been really screwing what? me over lately, especially yeah. with college football. Actually, like, I haven't been on it lately. but Oh, when you try to watch live games on – so you got to have a cable subscription, obviously, um, to do that. But let's say you want to stream and you want to – I mean, it, there's different ways you can do it. But the ESPN yeah. app has been crashing a lot lately. We're going off course here a little bit. We are a little but bit. But our point is, in 2022 – Something as simple as a four-part docu-series, mini-series, if you want to grow the game and grow new fans, what better way to grow new fans and new viewers of the sport than to let them see behind the scenes mm-hmm. what hockey players go through in yep. training camp and the grueling path it takes for these young prospects to mm-hmm. make it into a sport like the NHL. Why not put the – Rich, you hit it right on the head – both of you guys did ESPN plus, or even just put it on Hulu. You've got the package there, the partnership between those two. You've got NFL is a perfect example, which has this narrowed down to a, a science. It's why it's the most popular league in the world for many reasons. They're on Amazon prime tonight. They're a Thursday night football game. I can, yep. I can promise you right now. There's so many people who would have never dreamed of having Amazon Prime, don't give two craps about Amazon Prime. They don't shop. They don't care. They don't care about Jeff Bezos or anything. (laughs) But guess what? They care about their NFL football, and if they don't have cable, guess what? They went and got Amazon Prime just so they can watch Thursday Night Football tonight. Awesome. Now now you said that. We're on Jeff Bezos' radar now. Good oh, job. no, he's pissed. He's pissed. We're, st- we're stealing some viewers from Jeff Bezos yeah. right now. He's He needs to send us a check. <laughs> he's, he's like, I will get them. Hey, Bezos, send us like a $20 <clears throat> check. We'll be happy. All right, anyway, I think he can swing it. Okay. Hey, we got it before we go, before, before we start here. Tons of people in here tonight. 
Um, we love it. My Twitter's in here. Justin's here. Lindsay's here. Nikki's here. We All have, my favorite people. Um, a new a new uh, person, Ray, is in here. Throw Ray up there. What did Ray have to say? Um, Welcome in, he, Ray. We appreciate he you being said, here. Um, first time, first time in here. This has never been on here before. Welcome in, yeah. Ray. We're happy to have you, man. Yeah, for sure. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much. By the way, first of all, before we move along here, our two winners to be oh, yeah. welcomed into the Catfish on Ice Fantasy Hockey Podcast League is Nikki and Liz, yep. two wonderful ladies who are going to bring the competition up in this year's Fantasy Hockey League. Kyle yep. Perkins, they're coming for you as the reigning champion, so watch out, bud. Yep. Hopefully, dumb luck will – Conquer once again. <laughs> Lin- Lindsay says her uh, her uh, Chris is in there with her as well, so he's here too. So awesome. Chris does the awesome jerseys. Oh, he sure does. The, the, they need does to hire him. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, so awesome. Welcome in, everybody. We love having yep, you. For sure, it's, it's always makes it so much more fun on this podcast when it's not just three dopes talking about hockey. We actually have other people in here with us, but yeah, let's, let's expand further on this. Um, it's actually, this series is actually going to go further. It's going to go all the way up to their preseason exposition game against SC burn in Switzerland. Um, so that's going to be cool to see what a hockey team goes through to prepare Mm -hmm. to play overseas. I mean, the predators, are going through something that not hap- that doesn't happen very regularly for a hockey team. They're going to have to go overseas to not only play an exhibition game, but then play their first two regular season games in a whole different country overseas. They're going to start in Switzerland in an exhibition game against SC Bern and then play the San Jose Sharks two days in a row in Prague, Czech Republic. So is it Prague or Prague? Someone Prague. I'm so sorry yeah. to any of our check-ins in the podcast <laughs> chat room right now. Slovakians. I, I didn't uh, study very well, apparently, in history class or geography, whatever it would be called. Okay, anyway, oh, yeah, uh, Prague. Prague. Prague it is. They're going to be playing in Thanks Prague. I, hear, I actually hear that's a, I actually hear Prague is a very amazing, underrated European city to check out. I oh, it's supposed that. to be very pretty. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. nice. But anyway, that's going to be really cool for the Predators to experience overseas like that it's awesome it was actually supposed to happen um before Uh, last year year. yeah the year after covid yeah when covid started it was supposed to be that next season but obviously can't do that but good to see it happen finally i'd like to go we should go y'all want to go oh yeah let's just like drop everything we're doing and go right now oh Sorry, the pod- sorry, the podcast is ending early. Um, yep. I got to go pack my bags. We're going right now. Okay, we're going. I wish it was that easy. Even though it doesn't start for a month, we're going to go now. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to get plenty of extra time in. Sightsee. Hostels. Yeah, yeah we'll sightsee. Um, <clears throat> rookie camp is open now, guys. So, officially, we have players on the ice prepping for the new season, which <clears throat> means that we made it through this, what seems like the longest – hockey offseason I've ever dear witnessed. God <laughs> I feel I mean, like I feel like we, we may have said this before but I feel like Clark Griswold walking through the desert in vacation <laughs> just yeah. like am I ever going to get there are we ever going to get to see some hockey but it's coming soon so I can only watch so much baseball <laughs> before I, I mean the U.S. I Open actually, no 
the U.S. <laughs> Open actually held me over for a little bit. I really enjoyed watching like Serena Williams and mm-hmm. some of the tennis players. That held me over for a little bit. I got I got I got football back a little bit, but that's only like a couple days a week. And the Titans, yeah. they Titans, they already lost their first game and completely mm-hmm. completely crapped the bed on me. So I'm already like over them, and it's only been one game. So um, yeah, Predators, please the bring it bears. on. Oh yeah, that was a good win. I was thinking about you, Kyle. In the rain, I was thinking yeah. about you when I saw them win. I was very happy for you just for that reason. I watched uh, I watched the Cincinnati game. That was an insane game. Nobody wanted to win. Yeah, and they lost, they right? They did lose. So that's a tough uh, to one Mitchell to Trubisky. Yep, they missed. Uh, they missed some uh, football. Football is the only sport where you lose your first game of the season and everyone starts panicking. Yeah, it's because it's so man. Short. It's just like hilarious to see some of the overreactions from fans of teams that you have no rooting interest for, but you see them like panicking, running around with their hair on fire. It's like it's been yeah. one game. I get it's a short season, but let's calm down. It's actually happening right now with Titans fans. It's so funny. Yeah, and I'm a Titans fan. Oh, I'm they're Titans melting fan. down. But they're already like panicking, like wanting to fire coaches, and they're already done with it. It's just yeah. I was uh, I don't follow it as close, but I saw Robbie Stanley had a tweet, and he was like, he's already heard people saying fire the coach, get rid of Derrick Henry, like just all right, a bunch of craziness. Yeah. Speaking of which, we've got a surprise guest that just popped in. Uh, he went to rookie camp today, and he's actually hopping in at a perfect time. That is our friend Boyd Farish, who is part of Penalty Box Radio, also has his own podcast as well. Let's hop him in here. It's Boyd. Boyd. What's going? What's going on, boys? Just waiting hey. for the season to start, man. At least you're getting to see some hockey. A little bit, <laughs> Boyd. We just appreciate you today, Boyd. We just appreciate you jumping in because it was super short notice. I messaged you like maybe a couple hours ago, literally, because I saw that you were there and you put out all these good clips of what you saw at rookie camp today. And since all of us non-Tennesseans on this podcast here <laughs> wasn't able to go, we figured we'd reach out to the to someone who actually lives in the state and got to go today. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, first of all, we got Boyd Ferris. He's been on the podcast before. He's been kind enough to welcome me onto his podcast, the Predator Way podcast, as well, which you can check out on Apple Podcasts. Had a lot of fun joining his podcast. Uh, what was that like a month ago? Maybe I don't even know anymore. Yeah, it was about a month ago. Talking okay. some off season. We had a, had a great time, man. It was, it was a great was time. Good having so you. we always love collaborating with Boyd and all the good work he does. So I, I got your tweet pulled up here, at which I really came across today and I really liked a lot of stuff he said. I want you to expand on some of this, but uh, Boyd said here about, so Preds rookie camp officially opened up on the uh, yesterday, but they really got to work today on the ice. So some of his thoughts, always fun to see the one-on-one instruction moments. Delgaizo, which I've brought up Delgaizo as a defenseman that's really climbing the ranks and Willsby look really smooth with the puck. Zachary LaRue looked really good puck handling and shooting. Parsonen is going to be a problem for opponents. And Askarov is appointment viewing. So, Boyd, yeah, kind of expand on all that stuff. What did you see? How was it um, at rookie camp today? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, great to just sit and watch some hockey. That's for sure. Um, Jealous. (laughs) it it, It was fun to see the boys flying around. There was... 
pretty good intensity, a lot of pace as as practice went on. The physicality really increased. Um, I, I captured one video during a breakout drill where Marcus Nurmi, who is a literal giant, got slammed into the boards by somebody. I, unfortunately, they were facing the other way. I, I couldn't see who it was. I mean, but it shook the boards all the way around the ice. And it was just one of those like, yes, hockey is back yes. moments. It's just, it was, I mean, you know, it, it, it startled everybody. It, it was, it was a good hit, but that was, it was definitely fun to see. Um, the, the one-to-one interactions were great with the, the various members of the coaching and development staff. Uh, Rob Scuderi, especially the defensive development coach, spending a lot of individual time really working on skills positioning during during a lot of the drills you know the rotations of the forwards and appropriate positioning was a was a big point of emphasis i think and really what that comes into play is this rookie tournament over the weekend they're not really implementing game plans so it's as much about just knowing your positioning, knowing where to be, and then just playing the game and letting it come to them from that point on. So that that was cool. And the size on the team. Now, some of the, you know, some of the guys that they have out there are just enormous. Joachim Kondalik, Marcus Nurmi are both just towers of human beings. <laughs> Yuso Parson and not small. Big you know, guy. He's, you know, yeah. you, you sort of think of him as more of a skilled player, but he is a big guy. And then on the back end, both Luke Prokop and Jack Mateer are sizable yeah. players. They mm-hmm. are big guys out there skating. So it's, it's a good mix. Um, Mark Delgaizo, Adam Wills will be on the smaller side. Zach LaRue, a very scrappy, but not the biggest player. So it's a good mix of, of, of styles and skill sets and, and body types, I guess. Yuso Parsonen from the forwards, you know, I say he's, he, he's going to be a problem. He's just so polished in his game from playing in Europe, playing at a, at a top level league. His shot is tremendous. Hmm. He's got a great wrist shot, and interestingly enough, both through practice and then at the end of practice, as sort of everybody was wrapping up and moving off, no real surprise. Parsonen, Afanasiev, and Nurmi skated together a lot. Mm-hmm. Parsonen and Nurmi were actually line mates in Europe, mm-hmm. and that trio skated together a lot and then they were all working together doing uh offensive zone attack and shooting drills after practice was over so you sort of think forward a little bit that can't be on accident i'm Mm. sure the coaching staff for 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 rookie camp and for the rookie tournament which is development staff guys from milwaukee you know they're they're putting these players together in certain instances on purpose because they know they're going to be together in the future. Yeah. That's a good point for sure. And we're kind of thinking that Yuso Parsonen is one of the next 
prospects up as far as if you have to make a call up this season. He could very well be called up. I mean, he's definitely going to get at least a full season of work with the Milwaukee Admirals, which is by far his next step. But uh, he's got the tools to be a call-up possibly. And then, of course, you bring up Igor Afanasiev, um, which is we got to think that he's definitely ready to be at the NHL level as well. Um, I saw some some comments he made on the NH, on the uh, National Predators website regarding rookie camp and how he expects himself to be a leader at this camp because he's been there a couple years prior. And so he's one of the elder statesmen, if you will, at this year's camp. And so um, I'm really excited to see <clears throat> what uh, Afanasiev can bring to the table during uh, this showcase, which is going to be with the Florida Panthers – the Tampa Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. Once mm-hmm. again, let's let's go to Rich and Kyle as far as uh, you saw Parson in kind of what Boyd had to say about uh, some of these rookies, your expectations for camp and all that stuff. Oh, just let's go to Rich. Just when you hear the good, uh, the way that Parsonen's playing, uh, apparently he's making an impact. That's that's one of the most exciting things for me, just to hear. You know, somebody's in the pipeline who is causing some excitement. Uh, it's been a little bit, it feels like. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just jealous, still jealous. I'm just going to keep saying it. Jealous. Oh, calm down it. your jealousy. I know, right? It's so awesome. Right. Yeah, just just good to just good to hear that, that things are clicking with some guys like that. Yeah. So, it's awesome. Well, boy, you and I have talked several times before you so even came over about – how exciting of a prospect he is and just I've been on that train for a bit and I know you have too uh he's just such a good polished like you said player he doesn't make a lot of mistakes and he he uses his body wisely uh so I'm glad to hear that that shot is getting even a little better he was always he always tended to be more of an assist type guy versus a shooter so I'm glad to hear that he's shooting more. Uh, that's that'll be a good improvement for him. You said Askarov though, yeah, my let's boy, hear about Askarov. Yeah, being appointment viewing <laughs> him. I mean, and and keeping in mind that he doesn't really speak much English yet, but him and Zach Larue just keep that team light. Mm. Oh, They're I just. Could- you know, people just gravitate towards them. And it was <laughs> the, the the funny one that I saw was it was at the end of one of the sessions of, 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 of one of the drill sets. And I think it was pro cop skating in on kind of a, you know, half breakaway kind of thing. And Askarov did this diving like star body flying poke check thing that sent pro cop flying into the boards. <laughs> Because oh, cool. it was, you know, it was it was low speed. There was no yeah. danger, but it was just, you know, you could see the guys just, you know, they're they're playing around, they're having a good time, they're building chemistry with each they're other, building which is amazing to see. Yes, and just the, the things that Askarov can do athletically when he's in the net is just you can't help but watch, and you might see something, you know. I'm sure you guys all saw the saw the video from from yesterday where while he was waiting for his turn to go in net, 
he he hopped into a corner drill and started playing I saw it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you love it yeah you love his personality it's, he's yeah he's yeah. he's got all the makings both with his skill set on the ice but also his personality and intangibles to be the face of a franchise in the future um the only thing that really scares me and it's not to any fault of his own it's just me being paranoid is the hype train really does kind of scare me Mm-hmm. And we do have to temper our expectations to the point where he, even if he's eventually going to be that goaltender, we all know he can be. Um, we still have to realize that it's going to take time. We still have to think down the road about what does that mean for UC Soros, who is not signed long-term currently right now. Uh, if he keeps tr- uh, tracking as a Vesna top three goaltender in this league, well, what does that mean for, Askarov, is he going to continue to be a backup if he lives up to the bill of being as good as we think he can be? Those are all questions for further down the road, but the hype train is is going full on speed right now, and I love it. I love to see it, but it also mm-hmm. kind of freaks me out a little bit. It just saying it means a couple things. I mean, first off, if Askarov proves to be who we think he can be, UC Saros at age 30 is going to have an insane amount of trade value. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And where I think what's going to help the the hype train a little bit, and, and you use this to compare maybe a little bit against Ellie Tolvanen, is Askarov is coming over and he will spend his first full season in Milwaukee. Yep. He will not be under the bright lights of Nashville, barring, you know, a bunch of injuries. Because you figure at this point he's obviously behind Saros, obviously behind Lankinen, almost assuredly behind Ingram. He might even be behind Cooley. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But so someone's getting dealt. Very, very feels soon. that way. I gotta because, think. I mean, we've yeah. talked about Connor Ingram, you know, in a previous episode. Uh, my my working theory is that they brought Kevin Lankinen in because they want to trade Connor Ingram. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's closer to the trade deadline, if the Preds are trying to um, stack their trade assets so that they want to make that one last big move further into the regular season, judging by how they're playing at that time. You know, we kind of talked about that in a previous episode. Um, they just got so many goaltenders right now. You got to, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm who are you going to, and the only goaltender I could see them trading right now or this current upcoming season is Connor Ingram. You're not going to trade mm-hmm. any of the other ones, most mm-hmm. likely. You know, that's – I mean, the whole Kevin Lankinen thing just threw like a monkey wrench into everything, and now we're all scrambling to figure out what the hell their plan is. But, yeah. um, you know. It's it's going to be interesting to watch during camp of mm-hmm. what does Lankinen look like. I mean, he's coming off a not he, very good season. But, but he had a very respectable really rookie season. season. And yeah. he had a re- if you look at his rookie season, mm-hmm. he, he played decent. It's just an odd move altogether. I would love to just know what David Poyle's master plan is. And we might not know until this time next year, but it's it's interesting stuff for sure. All right. Uh Boyd, thanks for joining us, man, and coming yeah. on here on short awesome. notice and telling us about uh, rookie camp and everything. Um, we'll definitely get you on later on this season once yeah. the Preds hit the ice and start playing, and hopefully they're playing at a high level. Enjoy Absolutely, it. I'll Keep- always appreciate it. And I will, I will leave you with one more name to watch out for. 
Okay. As we go through the, the rookie tournament this weekend, Spencer Stasny, mm-hmm. the rookie defenseman, he is very similarly to Del Gaizo and Willsby. Mm. Very polished. He's a great skater, probably better offensively than he gets credit for. So that's just another player I would say keep an eye on over the weekend and then into camp. Probably doesn't make it out of Milwaukee this year, just the glut of defensemen, but really could come in and make a mark in the organization. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome. It's just so great to have a, a prospect pool that's just so full of so many prospects that you yeah. really like for the Lots longest time, for, for the longest time, it was, it was narrowed down to just like a handful of guys that you could kind of be yeah. excited about. And then just, they, they kind of strung together three or four really good draft classes. And obviously mm-hmm. we won't know for sure if those draft classes are great until these guys get, make it to the NHL level. But it looks very, very promising where we sit right now looking at the last yeah. three or four draft classes. And uh, we're going to get to see more of that uh, this week with the prospect showcase. So, Boyd, thanks so much, man. We'll yeah. catch up with you. Appreciate you it. Will de- we'll definitely have you on um, later this season. Absolutely. Always appreciate Take- it. Look forward to talking to you guys again. All right, man. See cool. you. Have a good night. Have a good one. Later, bud. Always love having Boyd on. Check yep. his podcast out, the Predator Way podcast. He is mm-hmm. also a writer for Penalty Vox Radio. He has got a wealth of knowledge. And if you're a Predators fan and you're looking for some new content and someone to follow, you need to be following Boyd for sure. He's a great friend of ours and we love him. All right. Genuinely good dude. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's move along here. Uh, we still got a couple things to get into here. Of course, uh, presented by DraftKings, promo code THPN, and also presented by Raycon Global with their wireless earbuds, 15% off right now. Your first order for these earbuds, these amazing earbuds uh, with our promo code THPN as well. Let's tell you about DraftKings right now. So, of course, we've got Thursday night football going on right now. If you have Amazon Prime, well, first of all, you need to be watching the Catfish and Ice live stream. But if you yeah. have... If you have Thursday night football on mute right now in the background, we won't get too mad at you. But uh, DraftKings, the NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, even though my Tennessee Titans once again just came out and slept walk through their first game and left me heartbroken, but it's okay. It's just one game. I won't freak out yet, but uh, this week yet this week, this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. That seems like a really, really easy bet to make. Just bet $5 and instantly get $200 in free bets to throw anywhere, anywhere you want. On DraftKings, it doesn't even have to be football. You just get $200 in free bets instantly. That's a pretty sweet deal. So go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game in week two. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see our show notes below for details on responsible gambling practices and if you need gambling help please do that and also 
If you want even more action, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That would have actually been exactly what would have happened if you would have used that bet on the Titans this past weekend because they were up 13 to nothing and they ended mm-hmm. up losing. But you still would have gotten paid. Perfect example right there. Still would have got paid. Free Still would have gotten paid, even on the Titans. So Free money, man. Even my losing Titans can win you money on DraftKings. Step off the ledge, folks. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, let's get into some – what. this is a new segment we're going to do every now and then in the upcoming season. These are going to be what-if scenarios. We always like to be hypothetical, say, well, what if this happened? What if that happens? It's always fun to dive into hypotheticals here. We kind of just did that with Boyd with the what yep. ifs regarding all of our goaltenders and UC Soros and Iskarov and all these things and trades. That's the kind of thing we're looking for here with these what if scenarios. Rich, we don't know our what if scenarios. We haven't shared them with each other. So these are going to be very, very um organic responses that we're going to get from each other when we uh, dish out these what if scenarios so uh rich how about you give us your what if scenario for this upcoming national predator season you might not have wanted to start with mine it's pretty scorched earth All so right, we'll just dish it to us. so we've talked you know the past few years roman yossi what he means to this team yeah. where would the nashville predators be I don't like without, where you're going with this. Without Roman Yossi, they'd be it'd be bad, right? It'd well, be I bad. Think, I think another player on the team has been elevated to if something happened to him, where would the Nashville Predators be? What if UC Soros has a slump year? That's your what if? What if? That's my what if. All right, so what what do we consider a slump year here? Like, let's say he just goes back just, down to, like, average. Like, he's like a 90 save he, percentage. He's just no just ordinary. Ordinary or below. Just has a just has a bad year. You know how sometimes those Which, players it can have happen. bad years? It could happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, there's Even no Even to the best of them, it can happen. Okay. Yeah. That's when, a really that good one, from? Rich. It's a really good I, one. Um, I'll start, and then we'll go to Kyle. Yep. If – if UC Soros has a very ordinary year, let's say he's like outside the top 10 in like save percentage, yep. goals against, all your top <clears throat> goalie statistics that they measure goalies on. If he's like far outside the top 10, he's just having a really down year, having some games where he's given up two or three just really bad goals that are completely on him. If that happens, because he is human and it could happen. It could happen. Then I got news for you. The Predators will miss the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they don't have as much, even though they did make offseason upgrades and they do, they are slight. I do think they're slightly better in terms of producing some goals maybe this season, producing some goal support. They weren't a bad offensive team last year. They were mm-hmm. top 10, or they were definitely top half of the league. I would have to go back and look and see their exact rank. They were definitely top half of the league in goals per game. Yep. mainly due to their uh, power play, which was sixth ranked in the league. But my my point is, I don't think they have enough of an offensive 
weapons and they're not like a team like the avalanche where they right. can just completely new, overcome a bad goaltending performance Shoot uh, they're, just not, they're just not one of those types of teams so they need uc soros to once again i don't i'm not saying that uc soros has to carry them necessarily but he definitely has to be like one of the top five definitely top 10 goaltenders in the league if he just slumps into being a very average untrustworthy, inconsistent <clears throat> goaltender that a lot of teams have, um, then yeah. I don't see how the Predators will make the playoffs if that ends up happening. Yeah, I agree. It's it's like I, I put him up there with, with Roman Yossi. Like he carried – like Saros carried the team several times last season. And, you know, there, there's a couple of factors there that if one little thing goes wrong – it's it's well, we saw it. I mean, it was in a yeah, very yeah, small absolutely. part of the season, but we saw it unravel yeah. at the end of last season, and mm-hmm. that's the reason why the Predators had to play the Avalanche in the first round to begin with. They didn't play the Flames, yep. so uh, sure. uh, your what if scenario kind of already happened last year. Let's hope it doesn't happen this year yeah. for a longer amount of time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kyle, what, what are you thinking with that what if scenario? It's gonna be bad. <laughs> bad. Back to you, back to you, Chad. <laughs> it's bad. Back to you, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Just that, cuts that, over. I'm standing in the middle of a hurricane, and I yeah. get hit by a piece of lumber or something. It's all screwed up. Back to yeah. you. <laughs> well, I mean, even and, and even think about it. Last season, I mean, the predator. If, if UC Soros, he kind of got lost in the shuffle, but because you had so many career years from Duchesne and Forsberg and all these other guys, yeah. Yossi. But hey, everybody, UC Soros was a got his first Vesna Trophy nomination last year. And on the course of 67 starts, which led the league, and he still was a top three Vezina candidate. Um, Despite all of those career seasons by all these players, Mm -hmm. UC Sorrow still had to be great. Absolutely. That's kind of scary, to be quite honest. It is. Yeah. Now they made upgrades. They got Ryan McDonough, they got Nino Niederreiter. So, yeah, you hope that that can make them a more balanced team. Mm hmm. But sure. they still got to have UC Soros. That's not even yep. a question. Yep. But it's a it's a scary what if. But I like it very much. I don't so. like the outcome of it, but I like the question. It was a good one. Yep. Awesome. All right. Here's mine. Here's one of mine. I got two. Here's mine. What if the Predators are hanging around second place in the division? when we're creeping up on the trade deadline and the Predators go out and make a big splash to make, to compete in the playoffs. What, how will that make you guys feel? What will you be on board with that? Will you be kind of like hesitant to do something like that? Would you rather keep the team intact if they're competing and they're in second place? What is the, what is the prospects of you, thinking that the Predators would be heavy buyers at the trade deadline if they're hanging around second place when the deadline gets here? Go Kyle, ahead, Kyle, you go. No. You say no? I, I think it's a bad idea. Um, unless they're just absolutely 10 points out in front of Colorado, no. I, I don't think mm-hmm. they should. Oh, where did everybody go? You're still on. Uh-oh. Hello? Kyle having technical difficulties. Can you hear me? We yes. can hear you. 
We can't hear you. Kyle can't hear us. Uh oh. Um, I am, I'll go ahead while Kyle figures out his issues. Um, I I, I want to say I would be okay with it if they kind of went all in, but it kind of depends on what's going around along what's happening around the rest of the league in the division. Um, if Colorado is just like murdering people like they were last year, what would be the point? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it, it seems like it would kind of just be not a good idea. Yeah. To mortgage your future, um, to mortgage your future, to get another, a, a shot at a player that you might not, even get to hold on to, you know? Yeah. Just, I mean, and that's the, dile- that, that's the dilemma you face whenever you're, um, whenever you're in that top, when you're reaching that deadline. Yeah. And the reason why I even bring up this, what if scenario is I think it's a very realistic thing that could happen. I, I strongly feel that this predators team has the roster to be in that second to third place range for most of the season. I think they're that good. Yep. On paper, at least. Now, obviously, you have to produce. Kyle, mm-hmm. can you hear us now, man? Oh, yeah. Uh, we can hear you. I don't know what happened. Everything went black and all kinds of good stuff. Well, that's so usually I, scary when that happens, yeah. so I'm glad you're here. Oh, uh, just my browser, not my eyesight. So, <laughs> Oh, you didn't walk towards the light? <laughs> no. Everything, no hey, everything went black because you started thinking about UC Soros getting hurt at the beginning yeah. of the season. You started that's like, exactly oh. what happened. You were swooning. Mm-hmm. Richard, oh. Richard, what if scenario scared Kyle so much that he started to see the light? I know it's crazy. Ah, man, go easy uh, on the what if scenarios here. But no, I wouldn't start trading the farm for anything right now. So yeah. that's my personal opinion. Even if they're pushing Colorado, and and you think they're on the cusp of doing something special in the postseason, it'd have to be super special. Yeah, like they would. Had to be one of the top two or three cup favorites. I mean, if for they're me hanging around in second place in the central and the only team they're behind is the Avalanche, it, it's going to be really hard to talk David Poyle out of not being a buyer. No, yeah, that's true. That's a really good that's point. That's just kind of my point I'm trying to make here. Uh, and it, 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 like, you, like you guys said, it's all about how far back are they? Um, mm-hmm. Are they? Are they are is Colorado running away with the division and they're kind of in a dogfight for third place and fourth place, like we've seen in the past in the central division? But here's my thing I think the central division is not going to be nearly as um, as tough as it's been in the past. It's going to be, I think it's way more of a ordinary winnable division outside of Colorado. Yeah. Um, for the Predators to compete in than in past years. I don't think it's nearly as stacked as it has been in the past. Dallas doesn't impress me. I think their their time is up. Yes, they have Jason Robertson. Yes, they have Ottinger and Ned, who's a really great goaltender. They have some good pieces. I'm not saying that. But they're, they don't scare me right. from a Predators perspective. Minnesota's the one team that has the talent, obviously – but they didn't do anything in the offseason to make themselves any better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take them out of the equation a little bit. Winnipeg looks like a non-playoff team. We know about Chicago and Arizona. I just – I this, this this division doesn't really scare me that much, really. 
outside of Colorado, obviously. Except for the one. And then yeah. you got St. Louis, of course, that's in there as well as probably your second place team as mm-hmm. a favorite. But still, it's just so I think it's very realistic that the Predators could be in second place when we're coming up on that trade deadline. So it's going to be a tough decision for David Poole to make if that ends up happening. But you know, at this stage of his career, if they're close, he's going to do it. You yeah. just know. He's you just not going to be able to. He, he's not yeah. going to stand pat and just be no. like, "Oh no, I'm not going to do anything." He's yeah. got assets on this team, which we've already talked about in a pre- in last episode, last week's episode. Mm-hmm. We talked yep. about our top tradable pieces. Yep. He's thinking about those tradable pieces right now, and he's thinking, mm-hmm. "All right, I'll hold on to him for now. I'll hold on to him <laughs> for now. We're going to see what happens here." And smart GMs, you know he's already on the phone with some of these oh, GMs. For sure. And he's already said, all right, I'll call you in a couple months and let yep. you know about Dante Fabro, or I'll let you know about Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah. He's so got, uh, He's like, I got a Dante Fabro, and I'll raise you an Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they've already had those discussions behind closed doors <laughs> with each other. I mean, these, these sure. GMs, they know what they're doing. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting to watch. That's a good one. What's your what if scenario, Kyle? You got one for us? So this is a little more forward thinking. Okay. So with this player had a little bit of a resurgent year last year. But it's none of the guys you're probably gonna think of off the top of your head. I'm uh, talking about Ryan Johansson. Mm. Johansson is signed through 2025. So he's got three more years on his contract. So that said, if he is a 60-point center, 60-plus point center the next three years, do you re-sign Ryan Johansson? Oh. Whoa. Wow. Kyle Perkins off the top rope with this what-if scenario. I wasn't expecting this at all. And what would, you, what would you sign him for? Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. All right. So, yeah, he signed for three more years, right, including this year. How old mm-hmm. is he? Does it say he, how old he is? Here's my thing. First of all, no, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> because once this contract's up, he's 30 now. So at 30, oh. a 33-year-old Ryan Johansson, um, I'll be very happy and shake his hand and say thank you for having those three great years to close out this horrendous nightmare contract that we had to suffer through. I appreciate it. We'll buy you a new truck. We'll we'll give you a new house for all your trouble. But you're 33 in hockey years. You're pretty old. It's time to end your swan song with another team. Best of luck to you. I just what if he says three years for three million? You're saying if he takes the team friendly discount to stick around, I'd yeah. be okay with that probably. Like be a mentor to the younger mm-hmm. guys, and he moves down into like what? Like he moves into a bottom six role, maybe third line. Mm. I would have to consider it if that happens, but I don't know if I could. I went. I couldn't see Ryan Johansson doing that. I think he would have enough suitors out there that at 33, like a, a team that's more desperate for him at that point yeah um what at that point it really depends on whether he cares about the money or he cares about staying in nashville and that's impossible for me to answer um for any of us to answer if he truly wants to stay in nashville and take a team discount and win a stanley cup for nashville and then yeah i would be all for that if that were to happen but another side of me thinks that 
he might want to go to a different team and, you know, get paid again, which I wouldn't fault him for that either. No. That's a good one, though. If he's putting up 60 points a year like that, though, you're not. He's not going to get a, obviously a contract like he had. They're no, going to be he, so bad to get rid of that. If he's yeah. putting up, if he's putting up those point totals over the next three years, then he's going to get paid handsomely again at age 33. And it, yeah. I don't know if the Preds would be in a position to hang with some of these other teams. At that point, they would probably be forced yeah. to move on from him. But mm-hmm. that's a really good one. Yeah. So. So, without looking at anything, if Mikhail Granlund continues his current pace, would you re-sign him at the end of his contract? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. How old is he? Hypocrites, both of you, because they're the same age. But I think Granlund brings way more. And Granlund doesn't. And has a higher ceiling. And it's not as big of a contract. I just think Granlin's a more all-around polished player than Johansson, in my opinion. You can call me a hypocrite on that, though. That's fair. Yeah. But I just—I I guess you can call it personal bias. And I have nothing against Ryan Johansson. I, I really respect – he's a great leader of this team. He's classy. He just doesn't do enough in the regular season. He's classy 100%. Most of the time. One season where he finally shot the puck and, and scored more than 20 goals – um, isn't enough for me. Um, and also, for all these years, we've been told that he's a top-line center. And with the exception of when the Jofa line first burst out onto the scene and caught everyone off storm, he has not performed like a top-line center. He just hasn't. It's just the way it yeah. is. As much as likable as he is, he has not been a top-line center. On most good NHL teams, he is not a top-line center. No, for sure. And it's more fun to say Granny Apples than it is Joey. So, there you go. There's that. <laughs> All right. I've got a very easy one, guys. This is so easy, but it's, it's so awesome. – this, this one's going to close out our first debut of the what-ifs for the Predators. We'll do it again in the regular season once we get – and once the season starts progressing, we'll come up with more of these what-if scenarios. Here's mine. It's very straightforward. It's very open – very easy, but it's also going to be a it's, – it's almost as bad as Rich's. It actually ties into Rich's, but it's way more broad-based. What if, after all of this hype and all of this positive mojo we got from the offseason, we're all giving golf claps for David Poyle because he went out and was aggressive <laughs> and got Nino Nino Ryder resigned. All these great articles are coming out, you know, like – Fanfare is pretty high. We're all optimistic. And then the Preds fall flat on their face and miss the playoffs. We're right back to square one. What if that happens? What's the first thing you do, Rich, if you're general manager? Forget about uh, David Poyle. If you're general I'm, manager and this and this team on paper that you've put together misses the playoffs. So am I David Poyle or you're David or Poyle? Me? Oh, I'm David Poyle. You're the would, general manager. You're just the I would fire. I'd, I'd fire myself. Oh, <laughs> you give yourself you give think, yourself the pink slip. I'd give myself the pink slip. I think that um, you know it just isn't working out 
He tried. He he did. You know, he can I play devil's advocate for a second though? Yeah, oh, absolutely. He wouldn't be the only one that'd be completely fooled by this, though. We would all be fooled by this because we've we all pretty much universally came out and said that he's had a great offseason. He's made smart pickups. Yeah. So he wouldn't be the only one that'd be wrong. Yep. It would at some point it would have to fall on the players for not producing because on paper it looks like he's had a really good offseason he's made smart moves so at that point i think we would also have to take a long hard look at players yeah like philip forsberg even roman yossi i hate to say it we would have to see how they played individually obviously but it would we would have to start looking at the players at that point and not just david Poyle, because he's actually done his job as a as a gm this offseason he can't go out there and play for them yep his job, think, is to, his job is to evaluate talent, yeah. manage contracts, build it's a true. roster. You're right. Um, I think we as fans, we are, we are so, as Nashville Predators fans, we are so clamoring for any little ray of hope, any little piece of sunshine that we can get. You know, we're like, we, we got, got Ryan McDonough. We're like, we got Ryan McDonough. He's he's an older, older guy, but we're still, we're just like, that's awesome. You know, we got Nino Niederreiter. That's awesome. Like we're just anything to hype this team up. And, and I hope we're not disappointed. I mean, that's, you know, we just, we put so much, we get this good news and we like put so much stock in it. So hopefully we're not pumping ourselves up too much to be let down. That's a good question though. All right, Kyle. What if? All right, Kyle. What if the Predators, after all this hype and all this positive mojo from this offseason, let's say they don't have any significant injuries for the most part, their team stays healthy and they just don't produce on the ice. Nino Niederreiter doesn't mess with the team. Ryan McDonough just doesn't fit well or something. You know, whatever the case may be, Roman Yossi takes a big dip in production. Philip Forsberg doesn't produce in his first year. Under, whatever it could be that could lead to it. What are you doing with this team at that point? I pick up the phone. <laughs> I call the general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes. And I say, <laughs> what will you give me for a slightly small Finnish goaltender? You've already... <laughs> You brought that. You brought this up before, and you, I like how you're sticking to it. I, I mean, it's the first logical step. Um, Fortunately, yeah. I mean, Whew. you sell UC, you sell, you sell everybody. I mean, Yossi, Yossi controls his. He's got the, his contract. If he, you ask and Roman Forsberg. and uh, and Forsberg, you ask those guys, hey, do you want to be here for this or not? And yeah. if you want to go somewhere else, we'll make it happen. Um, just anybody who has any value. Matias yeah. Ekholm, uh, Duchesne at this point has probably got some value still. Uh, even just some of your younger guys. Just tear it all down. I think if they miss the playoffs this year with this what-if scenario I'm putting out there, if they miss the playoffs this year, then it's kind of David Poyle's last – Last hoorah, if you will, and it won't be all on him because I think he's made some smart decisions, but it just yeah. is at this point, it's just not working. And you know, we commend you for taking one last swing, but if you can't make the playoffs and not only make the playoffs, 
But actually, you actually need to show us something in the postseason. Like, let's let's. I'm not trying to say that that's going to be good enough just to make the playoffs. My point is, if they even go as far as just missing the postseason, which would break a nine year consecutive streak of making the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is only behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for longest streak in the NHL right now, active streak. If I mean, with this team and. It would just with this roster on paper, John Hines would instantly be on the hot seat. I'm not sure if he would make it to next season if this team misses the playoffs. I know he was just signed to a new contract, but front offices fire head coaches before the end of their contracts all the time. It's not that difficult to fire a coach after one year of a new contract. He would be on the hot seat. I think you're right if this team missed the playoffs. I think you're right, especially with new ownership in play now. It would. I know that they don't have overall ownership stake yet, but yeah, it's all going to fall down if they miss the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're right about Hines. He would be definitely in the hot seat because Poyle did give him some some new pieces, and and he's got some pieces who um, performed well last season and pulled themselves out of a huge slump that they were in. And if you can't, mm-hmm. if you can't. Um, if you can't manage that and, and and get those guys to push harder to get out of the first round, then, yeah, man, shame mm-hmm. on you. Shame on you at this point. All right. Let's hope that yeah. it doesn't come to that. But yep. hey, these um, are hypotheticals, and we're hopefully we don't have to look back on this segment at the end of the season yep. and think, wow, we had a crystal ball. We were looking ahead. <laughs> Let's hope yep. not. Here's a, All right. here's a good hypothetical real quick. Our, our new friend Ray asks, who plays wing with Nino Niederreiter and, and Johansson? Philip Tomasino. Yeah, we, I think we're all in agreement that we want Philip Tomasino on that wing, but I do think it has to be settled in training camp. Yes. I don't think it, I don't think Tomasino is just waltzing in and it's his no. and he doesn't have to earn it. He mm-hmm. did earn it. I think he earned it last season with the way he played, but mm-hmm. he does have to play well in training camp as well because I do think Ellie Tolvanen. That's, could still play a role if he has a strong camp and for some reason Tomasino doesn't. But it's definitely Philip Tomasino's to lose. Yeah, um, He just fits well with Ryan Johansson, in my opinion. I think he, he – he, Tomasino played so much beyond his years last year. Yeah. And yeah. so you imagine putting Tomasino with two veterans like yeah. Johansson and Niederreiter – who are going to already have great chemistry together? I mean, I think it's I think it's it going to really come, come down to uh, Tomasino or Tolvin, and I bet I bet Tolvin is just like itching to get in the camp to, to, to prove himself after last season. You know, he's just got to be sick. It's oh, yeah, yeah, because it was so uncharacteristic of him last year. It just, I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Good question there. Thank you, Ray, for that question on our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button while you're here if you're watching on our YouTube channel and follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Catfish Ice. Got a couple more topics to get into here for episode 145. Presented by DraftKings, promo code THPN and Raycon earbuds, wireless earbuds, also promo code THPN, 15% off. So let's tell you about Raycon, our newest sponsor of the podcast and also of Hockey Podcast Network. So lately, I have been listening to a lot of really good podcasts, a lot of 
really good crime podcast, true crime. I love that stuff. History podcast, all that stuff. I've got to have some really good earbuds in whenever I'm at the gym working out. Raycon is the perfect wireless earbuds for if you're active, if you're running, if you're on the go, if you're at your desk and you need to take a break and listen to some stuff. Are you okay over there, Kyle? Oh, I'm good. Sounds like you're in the middle of a Are you vacuuming? <laughs> Are you vacuuming? Oh, I thought I was muted. <laughs> it's okay. That's fine. <laughs> it sounded like you had a twister. Are you vacuuming all of a sudden? I'm just all doing right. a little lighthouse cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so Raycon, great for listening to podcasts, great for listening to your music while you're at the gym. The best part is that they look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me because I've used them before and they are really amazing. They fit so comfortably. Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life. I've never had wireless headphones that have lasted 32 hours. That's a pretty cool feature there. They look really cool. They fit really well. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They have customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Just some cool features. I mean, technology is amazing the way it's evolving these days and Raycon's on top of it. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. Check out the product details for more information in our show notes to check it out. Absolutely. They've got a bunch of different styles too. That's what's cool. They don't just have one, you know, they've got, oh, you know, over the ear ones, big ones. Yeah. Yeah. They're awesome. Different ones. Yep. So we love having them on board with us uh, at the hockey podcast network. Great partnership with them along with DraftKings. All right, so Kyle brought up at the beginning of the episode, in the intro, that I have a player that I really want to talk about that I am pretty giddy about, guys. And no one one seems to be joining me. No one seems to care. I'm like the only one that seems to care about this low-key, under-the-radar pickup that the Nashville Predators made. I didn't even make a big deal about it when they made it. In fact, I think a few weeks went by before I even realized they made this pickup. That's how out of touch (laughs) I was with the addition of this player. But the more research I've done, the more I've looked into it, the more I looked at the type of player he is, the teams he's played for in the past, some accounts from past coaches, everything. Why are we not talking more about Zach Sanford? And I think the reason why a lot of fans aren't talking about him around here is because they're all about the homegrown players right now. And I get that. And we're all excited about Tommy Novak and Cody glass. And we want the youth movement. We want the young prospects that have been rising up through this system. But I got to tell you, Zach Sanford is the perfect player to fix the fourth line. He is absolutely, he is absolutely an upgrade to a Michael McCarron. It's not even close. He is an upgrade to Michael McCarron. He's a better version of Michael McCarron. He can, bring you some offense, not a ton, but he can bring you some offense. 
But what I love about Zach Sanford is he can do it all defensively. He's not just a big body that's going to fight and, and, and occasionally lay out a big hit. No, he's actually going to play smart defensively. That's what you need on the fourth line. Uh, We got him for $850,000 this year. That is super cheap, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think he's going to initially be an every-game starter. I don't. I definitely don't. John Hines is going to rotate some guys in and out, and I think Tommy Novak is going to be a part of that as well along with Ellie Tolvanen and probably Michael McCarron, maybe a little bit too. Sprinkled in there a little bit, probably. But I will not be surprised at all as the season rolls along if Zach Sanford doesn't rise above everyone else to be the more consistent fourth-line starter on this team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a big guy. He's a big 6'4", 206. You know, Hines likes that a lot. And he won a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues and actually played significant ice time for them during that playoff run. He uh, did. That was uh, – yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, hmm. I did not know that at all. Yeah. And then one of the things I found really interesting, so when I saw the pickup of Zach Sanford not knowing a ton about him is I figured, okay, they're signing this guy. He probably played like 40 or 50 games last year. He was one of those guys that just occasionally got some starts. And we're going to give him a chance here. You know, this guy started 80 of 82 regular season games last year across mm-hmm. Ottawa and Winnipeg. So yep. clearly two different coaching staffs thought he was valuable enough to at least start almost every game. That tells you something right there. So I'm not saying that I necessarily want him to steal starts from Tommy Novak because I love Novak and I don't want to see him waste away on the mm-hmm. bench. But it's going to be a very tough decision to make because I do think Zach Sanford is going to make this team better. And no one's really talking about it because it's such an under-the-radar move and it just isn't really – it doesn't sell a lot of headlines or anything. For sure. But, we got Ray jumping back in here. He says, yes, Sanford is a hidden heavyweight. Yep, for sure. And then we've got our um, – got to throw some uh, another person who commented on the Zach Sanford topic that I brought up. i got to find um, Greg Amundsen, who does analytics for the Preds. You need to look him up. He's the oh, creator, yeah. creator, of puck, creator of Puck Luck Analytics. He does a lot of data analysis with focus on NHL and team building. Really good account to follow. So go follow at PuckLuck83 on Twitter. He responded to uh, my uh, article I wrote on Predlines regarding uh, Zach Sanford, this topic. And Greg said, adding Sanford looks like a shrewd move. My model projects a third line impact this season with top six minutes. It's unlikely. I'll listen. He says it's unlikely he'll get that much ice time on a strong Preds team. So I think. I may have projected impact is probably conservative. So I think what he was, what Greg's trying to say there is his, his model probably projects him to be a little higher than what will happen in reality. Right. But his model clearly really does like Zach Sanford, which yeah. is really, really good uh, to look, look at. at looking at his stats, man, he had a really good 2019 20 season. With St. He, Louis. Yeah, another another stat I came across here. He would have actually led all Fords on the Predators last year in block shots if he would have been on this oh, team. Wow. He had 67 block shots. That would have been more than Tanner Janot. That would have been more than any other Preds Ford 
if he would have been on this team. So that alone right there, it's the dirty work. It's the stuff we talk about that's not glamorous. The stuff we yeah. love Tanner Janot for. Um, it's almost like we're getting another version of Tanner Janot. Maybe not quite as offensively gifted as Tanner mm-hmm. Janot, but we're definitely getting ourselves another guy who can absolutely lay the body out, make it really hard on opposing fourth lines. That's what you want. You want your fourth line to go toe-to-toe with the other team's fourth line and shut them down completely. That's what you want. Yep, for sure. We'll take his 16 goals he had in 2019, though, for sure. Oh, that would just be icing on the cake. That just be Oh, close. absolutely, yeah. He had That'd 30 points be- that season, 16 16- – 16 goals and 14 assists, man. And, and another thing, and really another thing about Zach Sanford is he's absolutely in a tryout year this year. I mean, yeah. he's on a one year, $850,000 contract. He's 27 years old. You better believe that Zach Sanford is going into this season knowing that he has to prove himself completely. Yeah. And whether it's with this team or another team after this season, he is playing for his hockey. NHL career here this year at a very minimum contract. So he's going to bring it all. He is, Mm -hmm. I mean, and the way this guy plays with all of his energy, it's going to be nothing but good things for the Predators. Yeah. You would hope anyway. It might be the, uh, the hidden gem of the, of the movement that happened in the off season. I just think it deserves more, more, you know, a little bit more attention. And I really haven't seen anybody cover it much. And it just surprises me a little bit yeah. because I do think it could be a, a pretty impactful move for sure in the grand scheme of things. Yep. Hopefully it'd be awesome. all right, guys, let's go ahead and get to our fun segment here. Let's talk about 90 songs that make us feel old. And I will go ahead and throw out my first one that made me think about this segment. I was um, out a few nights ago at a um, nightly establishment uh, that made me feel old to begin with. A lot of younger people that, um, you know, are out having a good time and I'm out there watching some, some games, a sports bar or whatever. And playing all this great music from the 90s and the early 2000s that just nostalgic. And it really made me, first of all, feel old. And second of all, made me think about this segment. And the first song I got to kick off this whole segment is the song Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling, came on. That song came out when I was going on spring break with my friend senior year of college. And that was like the song of the summer. It was like the anthem of spring break because we jammed out to that song all spring break, having a great time. That song's all about having a great time with your friends and stuff. And I heard that song the other night and I was like, wow, spring break was 12, was 12 years ago. I'm so old now. That's awesome though. That's good. Yeah. It's, you know, you hear those songs that are just nostalgia. nostalgia, instant nostalgia. For sure. For sure. What do you got, guys? Kyle, you want to go? Yeah, uh, I've got two. Uh, one of them, and I was I was just kind of laughing about it whenever we were talking about it. It's like, wonder when What's My Age Again came out? Mm. Because I remember that being... I remember when that song came out. <laughs> and... I was like, 
That that song's awesome. It's yeah. got to be like 2005 or no, yeah. These aren't 99. all 90s. We're, we're, we'll say 90s, early 2000s. No, no, it, it was 99. 99. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and I, that that hurt me. <laughs> it it injured me. And my other one is Metallica's Black Album came out in 1991. Yep. Ooh. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't start listening to Metallica till when they had already been out for a while. Like I, oh, that wow. was before me. Yeah, Metallica was a little before. They they were putting out all their hits when I was still too young to know who Metallica was. But yeah, I definitely caught up to them as I got older. They just been out for a while by then. But um, yeah, well, it's <clears throat> so I, I, I'm gonna take you back to a, a long, long time ago, 31 years ago, 1991. Kyle mentioned the Black Album by Metallica. Um, Music up to the 90s, I guess, was sort of stale. I'm going to tell you three albums that came out in 91, all in 91. And I, I feel like these three albums changed the face of music. All right. So the first one is by a band that I love called Fishbone. This album came out in 91. It's called The Reality of My Surroundings. But then the album that came out that just blew everybody was away. Nevermind by Nirvana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Came out in September of 1991. I remember when the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit came out and just nobody knew what to think. It just changed. Yeah. It changed the scene, the music scene forever. I mean, it just took everybody by storm. Another album that came out that year. Actually, in the same month as Nevermind was Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. Change, cha- change, yeah, what a the stretch of music. Yeah, changed the, yeah. Those those two albums were like huge. Changed mm. it changed what I listened to. I started, you know, yeah, you listen to more, uh, be a little more, um, not listen to the same things you listen to. Yeah, then the one, the one, and it, there's a funny story about this next one. It is actually 30 years old. The album Dirt by Allison Chains mm. came out 30 years ago this year. So I remember um, that makes you feel old for sure. It sure does, because that's one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite albums. There's a story. Um, mm-hmm. you, you remember the band Warrant Cherry yeah. Pie? Yeah. yeah. So their singer told this story about um, I think they were signed by Warner Brothers, which is who Allison Chains was, was with Warner Brothers the singer for that band, I think he actually passed away from warrant. He said, when our album cherry pie came out, we were on top of the world. You know, we were like, you know, this is awesome. They walk into Warner brothers and take a meeting and behind the receptionist is a full wall of their album, the cherry pie album. And they're just feeling like, Oh yes, this is our time. We got this. He said the next year we came in, to take a meeting with the executives and the, the uh, album Allison Chains dirt was a full wall picture behind the receptionist desk. And he was just like, boys, we're in trouble. And that was, Oh wow. What that, a story that, yeah. So that music that came out that year and it changed everything. Yeah, man. It changed music forever. The grunge era. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like those bands, those bands, you know, like, like you, speaking of that, did you guys see the um, the documentary on Woodstock? Woodstock I haven't watched 99. the 99. I, Holy I, crap. 
I remember watching that on MTV what, though. That oh was my insane. gosh, dude! It shows it goes deep into it, like never before seen footage of how that whole weekend went wrong with like Limp Biscuit, like basically agging on the crowd and like it. It's a real. I highly recommend it. It was crazy. It, got, it goes along with yeah. how the whole era of music just changed everything and hit everyone's mm -hmm. emotions really strong and everything. For sure, um, I remember seeing a video of uh, Primus was playing. Remember them? They still actually yeah. play. But yeah. they were playing a song, and people started like throwing mud on this up hey, on the stage. Wild, it was a wild time. Were, okay. were they playing "My Name Is Mud"? They were playing "My Name Is Mud." Yeah. All right. Here's I remember, mine. I remember actually watching real quick the the Woodstock thing. I remember watching that, and like the Red Hot Chili Peppers played at it, and they played at night, real late at night, and there was like fires out in the crowd. Like people had lit things on fire while the Chili Peppers were playing. And yeah. I was just like, this is insane. And then, yeah, and then eventually it just, they stopped it or whatever. You guys remember the show TRL on MTV oh, yeah. with Carson Daly? Absolutely. So I used to watch that show every day after school. And uh, once I was getting old enough to listen to different types of music and stuff <clears> and uh, start to choose the type of music I wanted to listen to and stuff. And um, I'll never forget this song debuting on TRL. It debuted in 1998. The Offspring, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. The music video, The Whole Nine Yards, when it was on TRL, I was like, what is this I'm listening to? And I just yeah. loved it. I loved the lyrics. I loved everything about it. That song, when you hear it today, makes me feel really old. Oh, yeah. You, you hear all these songs like that. And then remember, um, Hey Man, Nice Shot. I think yeah. Yeah. Filter. Yeah. Filter. Filter, Weezer came out then. Uh, anything oh match? Wait, wait, anything Matchbox Twenty makes Matchbox, me feel old. Matchbox Twenty. Um, Their songs yeah. make sense now, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of it was good, some of it was bad. Um, yeah, but it was definitely refreshing to see when that era got ushered in for sure. I, I so remember the first. What we're trying to say is anything 90s grunge makes us feel old. Yeah. I remember the first metal-ish song I ever listened to. And it was on TRL. And it was Got the Life by Korn. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And Korn was on TRL all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I remember I was at my grandparents' house and it was on for some reason. And this song came on and I'm just sitting there like, what is this? And it's been a thing yeah. ever since or for, <laughs> or or if you remember the music video for freak on a leash the bullet oh going yeah. through all the different uh like the glass and the uh <clears throat> i mean so, back when they used to actually put some effort into music videos and it meant something you know to mm -hmm. watch a music video yeah um there i feel like music's making a comeback with music videos because of youtube because mm -hmm. now they they put all their videos on youtube so but i think for a lot rich you really follow music so you could speak to this but i feel like they went through a dark era where Bands just didn't care about music videos anymore. I, I'd agree with that. Maybe it's making a comeback because YouTube's so popular, <laughs> and so now they want their uh, all their um, fans to be able to watch their music videos on YouTube. But um, yeah, I think the 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 downfall of MTV when they stopped showing music videos so much and they started going to more like TV shows and stuff. When they started then, doing those, when they started doing those stupid challenges or were or. Oh yeah, it, you know, it, yeah, stuff like that. It's all the shows they did, but but then now since everybody has like 
a pocket computer and can you can watch anything you want. Bands really do market themselves that way. They use it as a marketing tool to to get people listening and buying their music because it's it's For tougher sure. now than ever because people can just steal stuff. Yeah, um, they got to do whatever they can to hook you in. All right, good stuff there. We ended on a little pop culture, a little music on Catfish on Ice, episode one forty five. We appreciate everyone listening tonight. Always a good time. Next time. We will be recording. We will actually be talking about some hockey, guys. We'll be talking about literal games. We'll be talking about how the National Predators prospects look in the prospect showcase. We will be breaking that down. We really appreciate Boyd jumping on. Boyd Ferris jumping on with us on very short notice. Uh, from the Predator Way podcast, Pony Box Radio, to talk about what he saw from rookie camp. Always a pleasure to have him on. We are presented by DraftKings and Raycon. Promo code THPN for exclusive offers with both of those amazing sponsors. We appreciate them. This has been Chad Mitten, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins, your host, Catfish on Ice, episode 145. We'll see you next week. Everyone have a great weekend. We appreciate it. See you.